0: amen. Well, it is always a joy to be home, and uh, we were trying to make it sometime this month, and then Felix's mother passed away, so we're regretful for the the reason we chose this week, but we're glad to be here, and we're praying for them and also the Longs, and uh, just believe God will work through it all. I, know, I talked to Brother Felix, and he said that he felt like God was using it to minister to his family. So you know, God does it his way. And so we don't have to worry about it if we allow him to do it his way. And I'm 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 getting disorganized here, so you bear with me a minute. Amen. Well, we're either gonna leave here in a little while and uh well we are gonna leave here. Whether it's a little while or not, I don't uh I didn't wear a watch, but good thing's a clock here. No, I I feel like days of old. I don't think I'm going to preach very long tonight. And uh, the church said amen. But if you have your Bibles, and will turn with me to the book of Ephesians, the third chapter, and uh, I've never preached from this, although it is my favorite scripture, and uh, you know that been around me and you've heard me rehearse at a time or two and most often usually connected with praying for something and I wore my sweat glasses I'm already starting to fog up they, they sit down on my nose too much and they get there I can vent them a little bit so if I take my glasses I was not because I don't want to see you because I can't see anyways <clears throat> amen Ephesians 3 and 20 and 21, most of you could quote it. It says, Now unto him that is able to do, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. I think there ought to be a comma in there after it says, Now unto him. Because then it goes on to define who him is, the one that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we think or ask, or ask or think, according to the power that works in us. So it is, it is upon us, but what is due unto him is the glory. Amen? Amen, amen? amen. And that's what 21 says, you know, now unto him, this guy, give him glory for that. Amen. So if you will, put your Bibles down and let's just ask God to have his way in the next little while. Jesus, we love you. God, we're so glad to be in your presence tonight. Lord, we need you to move and minister in this house. God, we take authority right now in the name of Jesus through the Holy Ghost. God, that we take authority right now against every hindrance, against every spirit that would try and detract from this service. Lord, right now that you would move in our hearts and minds and God, stir us up to new dimensions greater levels, in the name of Jesus we pray. And God, we give you the glory, we give you the honor, we give you the praise for all you're going to do. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you. Thank you for honoring the word of the Lord. You can be seated. It's amazing to me that uh, how, how easily we get into our routines and become creatures of habit there's certain things that I get stuck into and I think, man, how did I get to this routine? Why do I keep doing this and how do I get out of it? And it takes, it's harder to get out of the routine than it is to get in the routine. And so either we're going to leave here in a little while having a little routines changed or I'm not going to leave with egg on my face, but God is either going to do what he can do or we're just going to walk out of here saying, well, we're stuck in routine. Amen. What we know of God can be ascribed to what we have experienced in God, or what we have read about Him. And I love the fact that we don't have any notes of failure. He has not failed. Some of you started at that moment. Some of you started thinking, "Well, when, when, who would have you know who would have wrote that?" And you know, when we look at the Bible, we say, "Wow, He did amazing things. He did so many great things, and He, He did such great things." And we grab from that. And we know he can do that for us. And so it's easy for us to say, God, I need you to show up and, and move in this way, in this fashion, because I, I have your word on it that you will do it. I have your word on it that you've done it before. I, I have the word knowing that you raised someone from the dead. So, God, I know you can still do that. Hey, Amen. I remember as a boy, a lady passed away, an elderly lady passed away in a church in Lamarck. And I was just a little boy. And the lady was the RN ran over and checked. I mean, she, she was stone dead. And the ambulance showed up. But before the ambulance got there, they gathered around the saints and prayed. And she just popped back up. And we went on having church. The ambulance came. And they said, just go on. And they, they went in and checked her out made sure she was alive. But, you know, I've seen that. I was a little boy, but I remember the amulets coming in and they're coming into church. And you know what? So I can gravitate to that and say, you know, I know God can raise someone from the dead. I know that the story of Lazarus is true because I've seen it myself. I know what God can do because of what he has done already. But what I want to know is what God can do that he's not done already. That what what he can do that I've not come up with, that you've not come up with. That There's no restraint to him. He can't fail us. He won't fail us. There's no ability in him to fail. If he decides to say that in the next 30 minutes it's going to be uh, daylight, then it's going to be daylight, uh, regardless of what the clock says. Uh, If he decides to say that that, that tomorrow is going to be Friday, this is going to be Friday, regardless of what the calendar says. Uh, Whatever he says uh, is going to happen. Uh, He's not able to fail. Uh, There is no restraint to him. There is no restraint to what God says can do, what his ability is. There is not any restraint to his ability. He will not, he cannot fail. And he can do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. He can do it. He will show up and do it. Praise God. Just, just a few weeks ago, I... I I know that you guys know, I, Brother Buddy and them uh, several years ago gathered around me and prayed for my back, and, and I was healed of it. But here recently, I started having a sciatic nerve problem down my right leg, and it got to the point that I couldn't hardly sit still. And I remember well, it was about three or four weeks ago, sitting next to my wife in church, and I kept fidgeting. She said, what is wrong? I said, I can't get any relief. And we had a missionary preaching that morning, and and uh, altar service came, and he just got up there and speaking the word of faith, and he said, I just I just claim healing for someone in Jesus' name. And it was like something hit me in the chest. And I went home with the limp, with the back pain, with the leg hurting. And I came back to church that night, and I just determined that, you know what, this is not going to stop me. And so I walked down. We were worshiping and singing, and I just got down there and began to dance and jump a little bit. And all of a sudden, the pain was removed. And it was like God said, You know what? I can do exceeding abundantly above all that you can think or ask. But unto me goes the glory. I could have walked out of there that night with a limp. But when I walked down to the front and decided, you know what? Regardless of pain, regardless of hurt, I'm going to go ahead and give God a little bit of what he's due. I'm going to go now unto him that is able to do. It goes to glory and the honor goes to him. Praise God. He can't be restrained except by us. If we don't decide to give him what is due, then he, he doesn't have to do what he can do. He doesn't have to show up. Faith is like a contagion. It, it, it will get on somebody. When I, when I share with people things, and when you share with people things, when, when you begin to tell something God has done for you, for those that have faith, it just gets all over them. They get even more stirred up. You know what? That usually is people in the church. It's usually people tied to the church that know You know what God can... It's usually even it, those people that call you when life is going bad, even though they won't sit on a pew next to you, they know that you can get a hold of Him. They're going to call you and say, can, can you pray? I know you've done it before and something's happened. But I wish that our faith would get beyond just being contagious to those that are faithful and get to the point... You know, I've begun to realize that God doesn't manifest a whole lot of, of miracles in the church house. Myself, and I, I'm sorry for using myself as an example so much, but I lived it personally, so that's the only one I got for you. But I, everything that I have had miraculously happen to me was never manifest. Now, the, the prayer might have been issued or the, the service or the, the action might have happened in the presence of God in the altar. But the manifestation took place maybe the next morning, the next day, or hours later. And I thought, why does that happen? Why can't you just miraculously do it right then? Why can't the, why can't the limb grow back? Why can't it all happen right there in that instant? And it will, and he does, and, and I know, I, I've, I know it happens, I'm, I'm not dis, discounting that. But I began to realize, you know what, when you look through his ministry, he didn't go to the temple to heal. He went into the streets and the sideways and the byways so that somebody uh, could see what was happening and the glory of God be shown uh, not in the church house. Uh, I'm thankful for the spirit that moves in this place Uh, but if this is all we ever do is gather together and experience it together we're missing out on the fact uh, that on a Sunday night uh, somebody can walk down here uh, and have their miraculous poured out upon them Uh, and tomorrow morning when you walk into work uh, you have a limp or or some problem and all of a sudden it corrects Uh, that's the moment to, to give God, the glory and say, Wow, what, are you, what, what is going on with you? Why are you so excited? And then display the glory of God right there in the workplace. Praise God. I'm excited for everything that happens in the church. I'm excited for everything that happens on the pew and in the altar. But if it doesn't go beyond the four walls, they're never going to understand why we're so excited, why we live this way, why we'll sacrifice and give to the church, why we'll get so excited about coming to an extra service. Because God did something amazing for us. And we think that those around us, I've been so I don't know if I shared this the last time I was here or not, but I've been so so just dis- distraught, and I, I, I'm, I have not acted on what I feel like God is trying to, to do in me. But I have a realization that came to me, whether by thought or, or God, I, I, it wasn't a lightning bolt. But, you know, the people that we want to reach, the people that you walk by in the mall, the people that you drive down the road, the people that are your neighbors, they don't believe this. They don't understand why you live. They look at you and say, well, there they go again on a Sunday evening. And my neighbor, I, when we were leaving town, and we were talking, just, just talking to him about a few things, and letting him make sure he watched the house. And I said something about, you know, when we go to Sunday evening service, and, and I know he sees us leave. And we've been, my wife has invited their kids to come to Sunday school with us and stuff. And, and uh, But he, he had this look like, why would you go Sunday morning and Sunday night? But you know, he's, a, he's like everybody else as a child of the 70s and 60s. His parents were probably hippies. His parents probably didn't believe they were rebelling. And so he wasn't raised on a Sunday morning bench. He, he didn't go to Sunday school. He, he doesn't know the story of David and Goliath. He, he doesn't have this understanding that we take for granted. And I understand now uh, why Jesus went in and began to kick over the tables, uh, the money changers, and things. And, and, and I, I understand there's other principles there, but I think he was trying to say you're too common uh, to me. Uh, you have missed out on the point. Uh, the fact is, uh, I don't need you to come and exchange wares to worship me. Uh, I need you to realize uh, that there needs to be something uh, that is said for you going to your own field uh, and finding your own sacrifice uh, and your own neighbor saying, "Well, why is he taking that best lamb? Uh, why is he taking that good thing?" Uh, and why? is he taking it over there to that temple something beyond the four walls of the church has got to take place and if it takes God kicking over a table or two and making a scourge then God go ahead and beat me because something's got to change in my thinking praise God I know I did mention this the last time I was here that God had been working with me about how Peter had been with him for three years And then when the end came close and Jesus said to Peter, Peter, you're going to deny me. Before that rooster gets done, you're going to do it. Oh, no, 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 it never happened. And he said, no, it'll happen, but I've prayed for you. And this next thing that he said to me, said to him has, has been with me and I have been praying, God, work it. Because he said to Peter, he said, I prayed for you that your faith fail you not. And when you are converted, and I've thought and thought, why did Peter need conversion? He had been around and he had seen the miraculous, but I realized that he had been to church. All of his life, uh, all of those three years, he had been to church and sat there with Jesus uh, and see the miraculous, uh, but something hadn't taken root in him. uh, And what he was saying uh, was, when you get an understanding uh, of what I'm trying to do uh, and what I'm going to place on you, uh, the anointing and the power of God that's going to work on you, you won't even understand how I did it. And I believe the manifestation came when they looked at him and said, oh, you... You criticize him. You've been around him. We know. No, 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 no. No, your speech betrays you. But the amazing thing was that they knew him as Peter, who had walked with Jesus, who had betrayed Jesus, who had turned his back and said, I don't know him. I wasn't with him. You're, you're, not, you're not understanding. No, your speech betrays you. But then when the, when the conversion was done and, and Peter stood up, On the day of Pentecost and said, listen, you don't understand what's happening. You need to repent and be baptized and receive the Holy Ghost. Nobody in the crowd is recounted and say, wait, wait, you were just denying him the other day. You see what happens is that God has the ability to make your Faults and failures are not visible to those that need to see the glory of God. If you'll understand uh, that God can show up and work in your life uh, and you're worried about, well, they're going to say, you know, last week uh, you just failed Him, you messed up. No, when you begin to stand up uh, and say, you know what, God is great uh, and this is what He done for me, they're not going to see the failure. They're going to see that God's glory is shining down upon you. If you'll give God the glory, I promise you, uh, His glory will work the work for you. Praise God. If if Peter can stand up having denied him and having done all of that and, and stood by the fire trying to warm his sin-sick soul and they say, we know you. and he, No, it wasn't me. If he can stand there just days from all of that and say, you know what? You're wrong and you need the same one you crucified. And they can't point a finger at him and say, you failed. Then what do you think? God can't do the same for you. Oh, my. God, please do it to me. I don't know what the conversion will look like, but I've been praying, God, convert me. Do something in me. Change that. Put it upon me. The the cloak, whatever it is that you're going to put upon me, do it. Amen, amen. I'm I'm so thankful. And I'm looking forward to next week. I think we're going to make it back. And I'm thankful for my pastor 20 years and... All of that. Amen. And the first lady. But you know what? I'm I'm thankful for the heritage that I have, have had in my parents in church and and us growing up around church and everything. But I look at other people that that come into this at different phases of their life, and I I believe that the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. That, that what God has put the boundaries around me and, and my life was lived in those boundaries as, as for the most part you know the things that my parents said that my heritage is goodly, and all of that. but I look at other people that come in haven't been on drugs and haven't been on alcohol and haven't been through addictions and, and problems and fights and haven't been battered and bruised and beaten, and I see the, the zeal and the passion from no, not they, they weren't raised on a pew. They weren't raised around church. They, were, they just got something. They got a little bit of glory and they understood if I return the glory back to Him, uh, He'll do exceeding uh, abundantly above all can ask or think. Uh, he'll do something greater than this. Hey, Amen. I believe that if we as the church don't allow God to come in and kick over, and I'm not talking to the church, this, this church, and I'm just saying that church as a whole Because we have gotten so used to being able to. We want the best preaching. We want the most fantastic. I told my wife a few months ago, I said, I don't care if I ever preach a really cool message again. I don't care if it has a cool twist. I don't care if it has this thing that no one in the world has ever seen in the Scripture except God and He gave it to me. I don't care if it has that. If I have to get up and say, Jesus loves you, this I know, and the Bible tells me so, and somebody gets the Holy Ghost, then that's what I want to see. I don't want to be able to twist and turn and look at it. I just want to say God wants to do something amazing for you. He's done it for me. Let me show you what He can do for you. Praise God. If we don't get the mindset to say, you know what? It doesn't matter if the music's just right. It doesn't matter if there's not anybody that can sing on beat. But if somebody can get the mind to say, you know what? Here's the glory, God. Here's the glory. I know they're not singing on beat, but here's the glory. Exceeding abundantly of all that we can ask or think. Because we're the church. And we're messed up. We have gotten so many hang ups and so, uh, Brother Jay, thank you for wanting us to swing from something. You know why? It doesn't matter how long you're around, this doesn't matter how many times you do your jig. That first step, still, the devil's still trying, no, don't do it. Don't do it because he knows that that first step is giving the glory back. He knows that, it, you know what, I, I don't do it probably as often as I'd like to or should, I, I jump up and down and every now and then I got a little step like this because I get, I get conscientious of the fact that I'm 6'5 and way overweight. And I got limbs that stretch this way and this way. And so if I get too carried away, somebody might get knocked out. But every now and then I, I have to do the funky chicken. Every now and then I just gotta let it go and because you know why? I'm not doing it for that one that's gonna criticize me. I'm doing it for his glory. I'm doing it because of what he did for me. Praise God. I'm doing it because he deserves it. I, oh, one or two artists step out here and join him. I, let's go ahead and give God the glory he deserves. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise God. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Praise. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, for your glory. Praise God. Now, I didn't mean to, but I might have just set some of you up. Because some of you probably did the same move that you do every time. And there's nothing wrong with it. But you know what? You want something for, for, for those that need a miracle. The same move might not get it. For those, I've got Bible for this. Matthew 9 and 20. A little lady had an issue of blood. Said she did everything. To the point she broke herself. The HMO wrote her off and said, hey, we can't help you. We're done. The witch doctor, everybody everybody that she could find that said, we can help you, they couldn't do it for her. And she saw the crowd, and the crowd was following Jesus because He could do things, because He did miraculous things, because His Word could do something, because His touch could do something. But no one in the world had ever squeezed through the crowd. And I i don't know what form she took, but I like to think, if you're trying to... I've always, in my mind, I've imagined a crowd that is just thronging, just shoulder to shoulder. Jesus, do something for me. Jesus, Jesus, I need you to touch me. Jesus, my child. Jesus, I've got him up here on my shoulder. Jesus, we've, we've been all day waiting for you to come by. That kind of crowd. And this little lady on the outside saying, he's in there. I see... I don't know if that's him or not. I see. Hold on a second. I can see better down here. Yep. I know what what the hymn looks like. You know, I I don't have a Bible for it. There was a crowd. She pressed through it. But I think she just got down on her hands and knees and said, you know what? They're asking for something. And he's doing it sometimes. They're reaching out and touching him. And sometimes they're getting something. But I, nobody's ever told me about the hem of his garment, and I don't really need him to stop. I don't really need him to do anything. I'm just you know, I don't need to make a spectacle of him. I just need to get the touch of just a thread or two, and I believe something will happen. And so she pressed on her hands and knees, or maybe she just kept saying, "Excuse me, I've got to get close. Could you get out of my way because I've got to get to the King of Kings." So the same old dance, the same old routine was not going to work. Maybe she sat on the street days before when he came through and said, Jesus, over here. And he didn't hear her. Maybe she decided to get up a little closer and say, Hey, I'm trying to get your attention. And he passed her by. I don't know. and This is just my, my imagination. But I do know. That that day, she said, he ain't getting past me today. I'm going to get to him. I'm going to get near him. I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. And and something has got to happen. And when it does, I'm going to give the glory to him. And the very touch. See, you get to thinking that you have to get this great presentation of God. And I love the spirit of God. I love to get in a worship service. And and it's so thick you can cut it with a knife and serve it. But you don't have to have that to to get the presence of God's attention. She never even touched his physical body. At the very touch of the hem of his garment, he said, virtue just left me. Somebody just, oh oh, now now listen, somebody touching you, we're all around you, we're all touching you. No, 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 no. You're touching me because you're begging for something. You're touching me because you're bothering me. You're touching me because you think they shouldn't be touching me. But this touch was a touch of hunger and desire and glory. This touch said something's going to change. And I set you up a minute ago, and I really didn't mean to. This was a point in my message, but I didn't mean to, to set it up like this. But this is the way God's working. But she touched the hem of His garment and believed He could do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. She said, nobody's ever done it. I don't have Bible for this. You know, I I look at it and I'm so glad when somebody gets something that I've seen someone else get. But in the the court of law, there is something called a precedent. And if you set a precedent, it means that you were the first one to break that law. The law is written, the court, the the case has gone on and however it falls out, a precedent has been set. And so in, in God's court, There was no precedent for touching of the hem of the garment. But then a little lady pushed through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment. And now a precedent has been set. Now, I know you all know that, you know what, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be touched and changed. And later on in Matthew, you find people trying to touch the hem of garment because somebody else did it and got something. I'm not content with getting the blessing the same way you got the blessing. I know that you can't do the funky chicken the way that I can do the funky chicken. I know that you don't have the same stamps uh, that, you know, my dad has this one right here. And we could all do it. He would go all the way around the church like that. Huh? And if, you know, growing up around church, you could make fun and you can mimic some different people's actions. And, and that was, but you know what? They set their own precedent. I never seen anybody else uh, do the two-foot hopscotch or whatever you call that that my dad did. Uh, But I saw him uh, go around the building time and time again as a boy growing up, uh, just letting the feet touch the ground a couple times. Uh, You know what? Uh, He set a precedent. I I know uh, that you can do the same thing again and again. But every now and then, uh, you gotta say, you know what? Uh, I've touched his hymn. Uh, I've received a blessing, uh, but I need something more than just that. Uh, That's why he would turn over the tables. uh, Not really because uh, that he didn't want them to worship like that. He, He knew that some people would have to come and buy something or trade something to be able to have the right sacrifice. It was still a sacrifice. If you came in with X amount of dollars and bought this because you wanted to sacrifice, it's because God said, I need that as a sacrifice under the law. He didn't mind the sacrifice. And And I know there's a whole other deal. I'm not getting into, I'm just using it as illustration. That he kicked over those tables, to set a precedent, to say, do something different. To go find a different way to get my attention. You've gotten my attention by trading and bartering in the house of God. But this time I need you to go out there and set a new precedent. Find a way to get my attention a different way. If you need something from God, don't just say, well, Lord, every time I come to church <clears throat> and I said like this, God, and I listen and I've got the words on the wall and I sing along. And I like the way they play, and I like the way they sing. And so, Lord, you know, that one time I came, I felt that touch, and that's what I got. I believe that he put Ephesians 3 and 20 in there for every now and then for us to say, you know what? Stand with me, I'm I'm done. But I believe he put it in there that way to say, you know what? Every now and then, quit thinking about the way you've done it before. And, and and he put it in such a way That you don't even have to think of a new way You don't have to go to the Bible and say Well now let me see how so and so did I haven't done it that way yet No Now I ain't giving you I ain't giving you a license to tear up the church house I remember a guy running and doing a Kick jump off the wall And putting his foot through the wall I'm sure Brother Hughes doesn't want anybody doing that But you know I believe that His Word is true. Every bit of it. And if we're going to stand on that, I believe that tomorrow morning, outside there can be some miracles manifest that began in here. I believe that when you lay down tonight, the pain can still be there. When you wake up in the morning, it can be gone. But you know what? It's not going to come uh, exactly the same. You know, we can get the oil. We can come down here and stand and pray. But you know what? We prayed. And Brother Hughes doesn't have like a special magic wand hidden in his back pocket that when you're not watching, he sticks you with. And he can do all that he can do by praying for you. And they can do all they can do by putting oil upon you. And God will put the miracle in place. But unto him. Verse 21. Give him the glory. Give him the glory. I didn't receive the miracle before I gave Him the glory. I didn't receive the miracle before I went ahead and danced. I didn't need the miracle to dance. I knew He was still God and in control of things. You don't need the miracle tonight to understand that He's able to do it. What you need to do is say, Tonight, I'm going to set a precedent. I'm going to do something different. I want everybody. Now, I've set you up all night for this, and you can, you can beat me up for it later. But I can close the service the way I normally would close the service, and ask you, you know, step out and come to front. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not knocking the way we do church. I'm just saying every now and then, you got to say, you know what, it's time for me to go to the next level. It's time for me to kick the table over, God. I'm not buying that tonight. I'm going to go pay a different way, God. I'm not going to trade like that tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to give you something different. And see, you know what? I don't have a step. And I've got my steps, and I, you know, I try and change them up every now and then, but I, I'm not saying I'm not a creature of habit. And I don't say anything wrong with it. But I'm saying tonight, for the next few minutes, why don't you decide? What are, you, know, you may be saying, well, I don't need anything from God. Okay? He didn't say you needed anything. He said he was able to do anything. And unto him who's able to do something goes the glory Goes the praise. So it doesn't matter what you need tonight. You may not even know what you need tomorrow morning. You may wake up and disaster befall you. But you can go ahead tonight and say, you know what? I, I'm going to store it up. I, I'm going to give you a, a little bit different, a little bit praise. You know, I. Hallelujah! 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 Hallelujah. Be the Lord. My shoes are clean. And one time I was preaching, and the guy said, I thought you were going to climb up on that thing. Not because I said it was, because I was wound up. But you know what? I never have climbed up on the altar or on the pulpit to preach. But if it would set a precedent that somebody would say, you know what, if we can do things different, then I'll go ahead and do something different. If you decide that, you know what, I got to be at the front to get something, why don't you go to the back? If you normally go to this side, why don't you go to that side? Why don't you step out right now and begin to say, you know what, something different tonight, something different tonight, something different. God, this is my precedent. This is the him. This is the thing I'm going to do. Come on, somebody, I'm done. Why don't you find a way to say, God, I'm going to express it differently in the next few minutes. I'm going to give you something different. Oh, come on and kick the table over yourself. Uh, God, I don't need to buy tonight. I'm going to give my own sacrifice. I'm going to give what I can give you.